This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined with Jim Sebastio, and we're going to jump right into topic here in, in just a minute. Uh, before we do that, I want to encourage you to go to practicalshepherding.com. You can access all of our resources there, other podcast episodes, uh, articles, uh, our books, all of our books that are there. You can apply to come stay at the Shepherd's House, which is uh, already taking bookings for 2023, which I think is pretty full this year to the end. So uh, if you want to come stay in 2023, that's the best place to go to apply to come and stay. The other thing I want to encourage you to do is, is go to to sponsorapastor.org. This is a new uh, just campaign for us to to help fund the ministry and help fund pastors. So we most of what we do, including this podcast, Jim, is free. And we do that on purpose. We figure out other ways to pay for this ministry to go so that we can offer all m- m- so many of the resources we have to pastors for free, whether it's the podcast or the, the Shepherd's House or whatever it might be. So we need your help to be able to help fund it. So sponsorpastor.org is is uh, where you can go and do that. Go check that out. Watch the video that's there. And if you or no, somebody you know could help us with this, maybe try send it around to see if a few folks would sponsor a pastor. That would be really helpful for us and a great way to, to help our ministry. Jim, we want to jump right into topic, though. And we want to talk about a, a, something that I'm aware of is very relevant with a lot of especially middle-aged pastors who maybe have 15, 20 years of ministry under their belt, but in my opinion, is not being talked about very much at all. So guess what? We're going to talk about it, because that's what we do around here. (laughs) So we're going to talk about this important topic, and especially those of you who you may be listening to this and really be able to relate to what we're talking about here, and that is just a a pastor. uh, Here's the scenario, and then I'm going to let you kind of set up a biblical framework for us, but a, a pastor 40 45 years old, 50 years old, you've been in the ministry 15, 20 years, maybe slugging it away in a local church ministry for 15, 20 years, or maybe a couple churches or whatever it might be. They hit this middle age portion of the world. We love to call it you know, midlife crisis and things, but, but there's something that happens in middle age we all at least have to acknowledge that makes us kind of assess our life. What's happened mm-hmm. before? Where am I headed? And I am talking to a, quite a few pastors and have been for months with guys who, here's the scenario, they 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 want to continue in ministry. They want to continue in full-time ministry, occupational ministry. Mm. But they're struggling to know whether they can continue to pastor, the grind of pastoral ministry. And so they're asking the question, does this mean I, just, I need to change to another ministry uh, set, uh, situation? Do I need to go see if, what are my options to continue in ministry doing something else? Mm. And by the way, I know there's a lot of missionaries... <clears throat> That struggle in this way. You know, you go to the field for 10, 15 years, and the wear and tear of missionary life, a lot of times missionaries are like, look, I want to keep serving the Lord and even do it full time as my occupation, but we my family and I can't we can't stay on the field anymore. This is this is wore us out to a point. Mm. So the wear and tear of ministry, and you know, and and I want to throw the stat out there that that we talk about often. 80% of pastors don't make it 10 years. So 10 years is the time period where most pastors are calling it quits anyways. So this is also talking about pastors who maybe make it more than 10 years. And so what right. what do you but there's a lot of those kind of guys. So Jim, that's what we want to talk about today, try to make some sense of this, how to maybe help give some wisdom for these for pastors in that situation. Biblically though, how do we think through this as as a category? Well, I think we need to begin by the the recognition that if you're experiencing this and and you feel uh, weary and uh, to a degree burnt out, if if you feel crushed, uh, 
uh, under the weight of ministry, it, it, it's likely that you're doing things right, uh, in, in a sense. It, it's, it's not a sign that you're failing. It's not a sign that you are weird or, or that you are unique, uh, that you are dealing with something that caused a man like the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul says, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, uh, and yet also ask the question, who is sufficient for these things? And he is a man who talked about the burden that was on him as he considered you know, the weight of the churches, the anxiety he had for the churches. He was aware, as you know, Psalm 103 reminds us of our humanity, and it tells us that God, remem- God remembers our frame. He knows that we are dust. God does not despise our humanity inherent in our humanity, even in our masculinity, and however strong you are physically and all of the rest, there is a weakness to us, and, and that is intentional. We, we are not God or God's. We have this treasure, the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in earthen vessels. And the reason for that is that when God uses us and does something, that the glory belongs to him. It's, it's not a celebration of our strength, but a celebration of, of, of God's power in our lives. And he goes on to say uh, you know, that we are afflicted in every way. I'm going to just deal with this because often we, we can read this text in one of two ways. It, it, you know, that, that we are afflicted, he says, in every way, but not crushed. And so we think, well, because we're not crushed, then we're not, we're not perplexed. And it's, not, it, it's both. You know, that we, so we are afflicted, we're perplexed, we are persecuted, uh, and, and all, we are struck down. Now, he's going to remind us that in the midst of all of that, yes, but not crushed and, and not despairing, uh, that we are not forsaken and we are not destroyed. Mm-hmm. But there's a tension there. It's both things at the same time. It, 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 yes, struck down but not despairing. So how, how do you do that? But what happens when you say, well, I'm not just struck down, but I'm, I am despairing, and I do kind of feel forsaken, or I do feel abandoned, mm-hmm. or I do feel like there's, I, I, I don't have that sense of my youth being renewed like the eagles. I, I don't have a sense of him giving strength to the weary, and I feel ashamed of that. I feel unbelieving. I've prayed, and I don't, I don't get that at this time. And we are then asking, well, Lord, what, what does this mean? Does this mean that this, this door of this aspect of ministry, not, not serving you, but this way of serving you mm. for a variety of reasons is coming to an end? And how do I interpret that? How mm. do I know that's the case? How do I know that a, a sabbatical is not going to help this? A vacation is not going to help this? Yeah, yeah. Bringing on another guy is not going to help this? My kids getting older is not going to help this. Mm. My wife's acceptance of it isn't going to help this. I'm just, I, I can't go on anymore. I appreciate what you sh- said too a minute ago in that, you know, hitting this weary place, you know, in, in kind of middle-aged is not a sign something's wrong. In a lot of ways, it's a sign something's right. Mm-hmm. It means you've, you know, we say a lot around here, you know, that uh, the call of a pastor is a call to die. It's mm-hmm. called to die a little bit every day for the sake of the flock. If you die a little bit every day for the sake of the flock for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you're dying. Yeah. You're dying. There's an effect that it has on every pastor, and the effect's different. Yeah. And I think that's that's the part we got to realize, the uniqueness of being created in the image of God. We are human beings, 
and we are made differently. Sin, the fall, has affected each of us differently. Right. And so that that's that's one of the many reasons, Jim, we should not be comparing ourselves to other pastors. But that's a different podcast episode, mm. isn't it? So, but but that is what's going on. We're we're weary when we hit these places because of a, a lot of the miles on that we already have on the on the instrument that's doing the ministry. So uh, we wanted to be able to have this this conversation because I think a lot of guys are asking the question, or things are happening to them that they don't they're not make they can't make sense of. And and by the way, I I, I just want to be able to acknowledge this so a lot of people know where I'm going with this. People who hit this middle aged area and don't know what's going on don't realize that there's a there's things going on with them in their life that, that I think is pretty natural. Mm-hmm. And then you add the ministry wear and tear on that. If 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 guys are not uh, aware of what's going on, that's actually the time where a guy sit. We, we see it happen. Guys hit forty five and fifty years old, and you know they abandon their marriage at twenty five years. They go get a girlfriend and they buy an expensive car. Like they just that that's the that's the way a lot of guys deal mm. with what's going on. So awareness of what's happening for our own personal well being. But what I want us to talk about today is how does this affect ministry, and how does a pastor make sense of how do I sort through this? So just an example, like today, Jim, as we're recording this, I have three separate meetings today mm. uh, with guys, all who want to talk about, I've been doing ministry 10, 15, 20 years, and I don't believe I can keep doing the pastoral grind anymore. But I don't want to leave ministry. I want to continue to serve the Lord in some ways. Like I don't want to start a new career at 50 years old or whatever that would be. Like I want to keep serving the Lord. But I've got to find another way to do it. This is too. This is too hard. I can't do this anymore. I don't have it in me. Mm. Or and this is I honor these some guys saying this to me. Uh, I, I could keep doing this another ten years. But if I'm honest with you, I don't think this was best for our church. Hmm. And and so I, I really honor even guys. They love their church so much that they're like I I, I don't think I know I could kiss cue this and I could get a paycheck and these people love me and I can keep plugging on. But but I'm burdened that I don't think that's what's best for this church. Hmm. So if that describes you at all, listening to this, I just want you to know you're in good company. There's a lot of guys wrestling with this. This is incredibly common for guys who hit 15, 20-year mark of ministry, and they're trying to make sense of it. But what do they do? So the first place to go, I think, to have this conversation, Jim, is so you have to kind of evaluate first, um, am I just weary from pastoral ministry? So do I need a break? Do I need a longer break? Do I? Is it time for me to just try to go to another church ministry? I have, mm-hmm. I have done all I can here. Right. I feel stuck. I can't explain it. I've been here 15 years. And I've done everything I can. They're not receiving my ministry anymore, whatever it might be. Yeah. So, Jim, how would you advise somebody one to think about? Look, do I need, do I need to just go on? A, on a, rather, you did your first sabbatical after thirty plus years of ministry this past year. Like you, you came to realize you needed a longer break, not to necessarily evaluate this, but to just for your own personal benefit. Mm-hmm. So, how how does a pastor think through? Do I just need a long extended break, and that's what's wrong? Or do I need to? I want to continue in pastoral ministry, but I need another place. How would you advise somebody around that? I guess, Brian, the biggest thing I would say for the main thing that comes to my mind is you need need to seek counsel and move slowly. Uh, and and that is you need somebody outside of yourself to help evaluate. I think sometimes we're so close to a situation we can't see it. And I think in this situation, you primarily need to seek the counsel of older older pastors who have been where you've been, 
and have felt what you have felt and and who know you and so that may be hard but i think that's that can be found but you need somebody to be able to to look at you and and be able to say uh to ask you questions ask you questions specific to your circumstance and situation what is it that you're feeling is this the kind of thing that you know so maybe with this i think you should should act incrementally and that is maybe start with a two-week break get some time alone pray talk with your wife talk with your family talk with some others come back and see if that does it or then perhaps even take a longer break if that's available to you and to say all right taking an evaluation so i was away you know last year for two months uh, and and while uh, I was involved in other ministry while I was while I was right, away, right. And, and I and I enjoyed that other ministry. I enjoyed the people that I was with, and and there was an offer to stay there, uh, and 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 to do that. And there was a little bit of evaluation mm-hmm. to say, all right, is is this? I've been doing what I've been doing for all these years where I am, and and should I go on and do something else with the last lap of my ministry? Yep, uh, and. And then what what makes you make that decision? What makes you say, no, I, I you know, in my case, I wanted to come back. I, I did want to come back. I did want to see these people again. I did want to take up my pulpit ministry again. I did want to, I did want to do that. And I was willing to take up and do the, the stuff that's hardest about pastoring the meetings and the dealing with frustrating people or, you know, whatever, whatever the case might be. Uh, so in my case, as, you know, was there some wrestling? Uh, there was at least some evaluation and talking with my wife and talking with others about it. I did not go there with the thought that I that I thought I might be done. Yeah, and can I ask you something about that? It's helpful for you to sh- share that because I know you weren't wrestling whether you want to be a pastor anymore or nothing. That, right. that wasn't at all going yeah, on. Yeah, that really got actually interestingly got really reconfirmed to me while I was away. Okay, that's what I wanted to ask you. So, like, even would you say just. That's the longest break you've ever took. So yeah. would you say the break stepping away gave you on what time? Maybe just a, a, a energy to be able to maybe think about and reevaluate? Well, again, in my situation, Brian, again, I'm just being autobiographical. I'm not saying this is for everybody. So I'm just telling you in my own yeah. instance, which is what you're asking. Yeah. So I, w- I was, uh, for those of you who, who don't know, hadn't heard. So I, I, I took, we took, my wife and I took our break over at a, a church in the Seattle Tacoma area. Yep. They had a cottage there at the church building where the one bedroom, one bath place where we could stay. And I was working on a book and I was taking a break from the church here, but uh, I also agreed to do some ministry while I was there. And it was really just being with those people, those a different group of people, but they were sheep. Mm-hmm. And realizing I I cannot just be among them as a an outsider oh, yeah. who's going to come and drop some truth on Sunday and remove myself. My heart went out to people. I I I, I had a, a love for them. I had a desire to meet with them to 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 meet their needs to help them if they were going through a crisis to be involved. And I just thought I realized. I'm made for this. This is what God has made me. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, uh, that I'm a shepherd, you know, so like a guy who gets out, he's a painter or he's a writer and he, he gets, you know, well, I'm going to take a break from my normal job. But I'm going to go up, but he starts tapping away at his, and it wasn't an obsessive thing. It was just, it, it wasn't like, oh, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm, I, I, I know how to take a break. Uh, I wanted to be among sheep. 
I wanted to help people. I wanted to give the word. I wanted to. Do, I wanted to do those things that a sheep of. Shepherd. So I realized that God has made me a shepherd. That's that, good. that that was for me. Now somebody else might come and realize. You know what? That's not. I, that was it would be such a relief, and to be able just to come in and do an itinerant ministry or do a counseling type thing would be such a relief, would be so life-giving to me. I knew I wanted to be among the Lord's people. I wanted to preach, and I wanted to, to be and to shepherd them. That's really helpful because I think that's the place to start. I would agree with you for everybody, actually. If you're weary and wondering, like, can I? is this a, a deeper issue? I need to either think about transitioning or quitting or whatever it is to take some extended time away because I know guys that have done exactly what you did. Like you came, you were reaffirmed in your call and you were reaffirmed in your call here. Right. You know, so that, that was those two really good things that came out of your, yeah. your sabbatical. I know guys that take a sabbatical and come back and go, yeah, I, I actually re I learned I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I, and I see a lot of guys do that and, and it's the time away is clarifying. So that I would say that would be the first step that to, Take some time away, get a chance to rest, step away, because obviously being a pastor is 24-7, so you've got to remove yourself from the grind, I think, right. to get some clarity around these these kind of things. The second thing I would say to wrestle through, uh, and if you're in this place and you're trying to figure out, is God have, am I supposed to make a transition of some kind, is talk to your, talk to your wife and your family, mm -hmm. because I, I found that a lot of times... You know, you're fearing, feeling the weariness, and and then you talk to your wife or even your kids, and you get some clarity around a transition that God. We say this, that, yeah, this time is done. Like your your family is is ready even for a transition. That's true for me. So like right. my my wife and my kids both helped me see that that it's time. For, it was time for me to transition uh, from from pastoring to to lead practical shepherding full time. They weren't. The, they certainly weren't the only reason, but all of them were very helpful in conversations they had, and and conversations of what they were wanting to do. So you know, I mean, past twenty five years of being a pastor, I mean, all the stuff I took them through, like when they spoke of the weariness, they all felt from it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, of course they do. So that was again, God used that to just kind of help me just start to evaluate. So I think one first step get some get some extended time away and ask for it to try purposefully to sort through it. By the way, that's what a sabbatical can be really good for. Uh, second thing is have good conversations with your family and your, and your wife in particular, but also your kids. If they are older, I think that can really be a, a profitable conversation. The third thing I would, would say, though, is, if, is to begin to look at other options. Like outside, if you don't feel like you should be the lead pastor of a church anymore. Mm-hmm. There, I just this is the other part I want to talk about. There are not only are there options to continue in full time ministry, but really useful ways to mm. continue in this. So, you know, one of the things, Jim, that, that God's just in His providence allowing me to do with this role I have is, is a, there's a group of guys that are coming to me that have giftings to specifically care for pastors. Not everybody has that, but there are some guys that do, and they're coming to me and they're like, I'd really, you know, I'm trying to sort through what I'm supposed to do. And I'm able to have good conversations with them about that. So there are roles in denominational work. There are roles in other ministries that, right. that like, we're putting a dent in this thing barely. Like, there's a lot of need 
for someone to care for pastors. There's a need for people to care for other churches that are that are out there and to bring outside voice to be able to help with those particular situations. Interim work, you you your itinerant work you you had kind of referred to. There's there's tons of needs for guys to fill in in churches while they're in transition to try to find you know, another pastor. There's other nonprofits and mission organizations, and there is tons of work for the kingdom that can be done. And here's the point, that would benefit massively Mm. from a pastor who has 15 to 20 years of pastoral experience. Mm. Like that guy at 45 or 50 or 55 years old, that guy I think is incredibly useful in those kinds of environments. So I do, I just want to put that out there I think another option is there's guys who don't feel like they can be lead pastor anymore, but they're pastors, you know, taking on an associate pastor role somewhere, you know, a, a counseling role, a role to support another lead guy. So there are there are areas out there to be able to think about. And I just want to put that out there. So, Jim, how do you respond when you hear me talk about these kind of things? Well, I'm just going to come out of just a slightly different That's angle, fine. just yeah. a little bit something. And then I do want to ask some questions about even what you've just said. I, I think far too many men feel a uh, are afraid of leaving ministry for several reasons. One is that they're you know they're 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 they are afraid that they've let God down or something. They have sure. failed. They, right. they, so there's a fear of failure. Right. There is the fear that arises from training, and what I mean by that is that a lot of us put all our eggs in one basket, went to Bible college, then seminary, and then we went to seminary. Yeah, I just recently had my uh, a forty some year uh, college reunion. Not quite. No, it wasn't forty. Uh, anyway, it was a thirty something year college reunion, and I went to Bible college, Columbia Bible College, now called Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. It was a Bible college. It was meant to prepare guys to be missionaries and pastors. The reality is, I, I probably am going to say most of the guys who went there wanting to be pastors aren't pastors. Mm. But then they, they, they shot themselves in the foot in a little bit because now they're like, well, you go wanting to get a job somewhere, and they say, well, where did you go to school? I went to you know, Bible college. Where? And, what? Or I went to seminary. Yeah. Or I got a doctorate. I have a doctorate in, in you know Baptist church history or something, which is great. I, I know guys who are pursuing that, but probably not going to get you a job in the corporate world. If you're not able to get a job as a professor, you're probably going to be limited in what, in what you're going to yeah. do. So there, there is that. So there is that fear. There's that fear that comes from... I don't know anything else to do. And that touches on the economic fear. Mm-hmm. And, and that is that for some pastors make, particularly if you've been there 20 years, and so let's, I'm going to just throw out a number. Maybe you're making $75,000 more yeah, a year. Right. Well, you're not going to get that as a, as a greeter at Walmart. You're not going to get that as a salesman, probably, or whatever else you're going to try. And you're, you're An entry level corporate job. Right. Well, and and plus, you're 50. And you're 50, right? You're, so you're 55, mm-hmm. you, you have a mortgage, you got a kid in college. And so some guys stay and grind it out out of a sense of fear or obligation. Yeah, that's really good, yep. So that's I think right. we I think so we need, we need to deal with that guy. And so sometimes when he says, I, and so he's looking at ministry, maybe not as a calling, but I just don't know what else to do. Yeah. And so again, yeah. there's a sense of fear that comes. I don't think I can do this anymore, but I got to keep doing it because I got to put bread on the table. I can't afford to not do this. I can't afford to lose my insurance. Like, you know, whatever the case might yeah, be. That's right. Yeah. And that's a hard situation to be in. Mm-hmm. 
So to touch on two things I want to say to you, I want to ask you about. One is you laid all of these things out. And now, if I said that to a guy and I said, hey, look, there's all kinds of things available. There's, you know, there's, you know that, that a guy who has experience in ministry can help a pastor. All right, well, how do I do that? How do I get paid doing that? Mm-hmm. What, what organization do I, so does Practical Shepherding have something that the, I, could, I could join and you could, you could support me at my current, you know, so, or, or, so I don't know what those places are. Yeah. It sounds good. So I'm listening. I think, well, that sounds, that sounds really encouraging. Mm-hmm. In fact, it might even make some guy want to leave their, leave their, like, that sounds really good. But I'm like, well, where are they and how would a guy go about finding it? Yep. So that's one question I have. Okay. So well, I answer that, and then I do want to ask you, Brian. I think you should tell your own story because you've done this. Yeah, you you ended one phase of ministry for a variety of reasons, mm-hmm. and you are able to support yourself in another phase of ministry, and so able to do fulfill a sense of calling and divine mission while supporting your family, but also not pastoring like you did for years. Yeah. So let's let's go to that first question. Um, the uh, there's tons of you know i would start with whatever denomination affiliation you have if you have one mm-hmm. i would start there so i mean you know just give an example southern baptists uh and you know those who are or baptist or just general baptism mean, there's there's pretty good sized denominational you know structures in place for better or worse you know they but they that they're there you and in southern baptist life you've got state convention level you've got local association level okay. on top of that then you have entities like you know seminaries and North American Mission Board and the IMB and like you have different entities even within that. So uh, of course SBC is the biggest of any of them. So I mentioned them first, but I tell you what, I am on a mission, Jim. I'll be honest with you, I'm on a mission in the S- within the SBC uh, context and that I that I serve in in different ways to get really solid guys who have vision and mission and passion to want to serve the kingdom to go take a and lead a local association or go take a state convention job. Okay. Because I'll, I'll just be blunt with this. Historically, those have been places where some guys have gone to just sit and get a paycheck and not have a vision for the work, to not work hard mm. to do it. Now, by the way, not everybody, certainly, but I'm saying, right, but you, and by the way, anybody it. in the SBC knows that, by the way, so I'm not saying, telling them anything they don't know. Could you give me any names? Yeah, you want some names? Yeah, sure. Let's go ahead and get into that. So, uh, that, but that is a problem within that the denominational structure. But man, there's some guys, and that's what I'm po- trying to point to. There are guys, pastored 20 years, they're going and, and transitioning to a, a local denomination role. And man, it's so strategic and they're doing a great job. They're working hard. They're serving pastors and churches well, which which is what these roles are. These roles are, you know, a local association has like, you know, 50 churches in their region and they're responsible to care for pastors and to care for those churches and be a resource to them and a help to them. And the guys who are doing that well are having a huge impact. So I, I want to commend them publicly, the guys that take advantage of the strategic nature of that. Same with state convention level. Depending on your denomination, whether it's the PCA or whether it's you know even just some even some non-denominational churches and those kind of things, I mean you're in you're in uh, what what's, yeah it's not going to happen with us yeah so. not with you guys <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll not go there but but there are you know I mean the Anglican system I mean there's there's yeah, okay it, there's there's mainline denomination structures there is you know there's networks that a lot of people are part of from Acts twenty nine to Harbor to you know Pillar Network to to whatever that you know. <clears throat> 
have potential opportunities and ways to, to serve. You just kind of have to do your research and, and seek so them out. So a man out. doesn't necessarily need to feel stuck or afraid, is what you're saying. There that, are if, options. If that, and so but, even contact somebody like you if you need to, to have a conversation, maybe be pointed in a direction. Absolutely. Like the, like even think there's other nonprofits. Like there's, you know, there's, there's homeless ministries in the city. There's, mm. you know, there, there's all kinds of things that you know, go work for a nonprofit and do God, good gospel work in that place. Yeah. You know, there's there's places like that that need leadership. They need people to care for them and care for the workers and to give vision to that. Like, so you made a good point. Like pastors, especially the guy that goes to Bible college and then seminary, and and you know that's their education. What else am I going to do? This is this is a good way to pursue a transitional ministry post. All that stuff can get used in a. Some kind of nonprofit uh, missionary organization or a, a denominational structure. So, uh, there, those are out there. Yeah, contact us. Let us, you know, let us help you. I mean, we we talk to a lot of guys. I mean, they they just reach out to us to try to help them, you know, think through that. So there are plenty of options. Okay. Yeah. Good. So what's the second thing you asked? Me? Uh, tell us your story. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, you know, pastor twenty five years, eight years of associate pastor work, seventeen years senior pastor. And um, and then transition with practical ceremony, which had started a decade before in our ch- you know in our church and slowly grew to where you know part of my transition was evaluating. Uh, there's two things, and I would say this, I would say this is true for most guys. A lot of guys are saying, "Oh, what's next?" And then I need to just go pursue that. And I I found this to be true in my own life, and I encourage guys I've already talked to today about this uh, said the same thing. I think it's more important for you to feel like the Lord is closing the chapter of where you are now before you start looking to what you're supposed to do. Okay. So, uh, in other words, we get excited about that the grass is greener on the other side, and I get this exciting opportunity I want to pursue or whatever it might be uh, that maybe will take me out of this grind of pastoral ministry. But I think to have peace and to leave well that, that season you're in, it's important for you to have closure there. So I would pray and seek the closure of your current ministry post. I think that's true, by the way, for even if you're moving to another church. Like, am I supposed to go pastor another church? Well, you need to feel like you have closure, that the Lord has, has you've done what the Lord's called you to do there mm-hmm. before you moved to the next place. That was true for me. And and so I, what started my transition was I, I started to believe, and by the way, I was, you know this, I've been asking it for years. When is the time for me to pr- transition to practical shepherding full time? Which I sensed was the second half of my ministry years ago. I just didn't know when, and I started having things happen at the church uh, that that kind of activated this idea that God was was calling was closing the chapter. He was calling me to something else. For me, it was the death of a of a dear a long term church you know widow in the church, ninety six years old, and but her relationship I had. The relationship I had with her represented so much of my entire ministry there. So when she died and I was mm. grieving her death, mm. it got, the, there was a grief that got activated in grieving leaving the church and leaving mm. these people. Okay. And and that's what started me down the road. By the way, maybe a whole other podcast, but I think to leave well, we have to engage sadness and grief and sorrow of what we're leaving and the people we would be leaving, mm. the things we would be letting go of, this part of our life we're letting go of. All that was happening to me, and that gave clarity. The grief, engaging the grief, allowed me to say goodbye, to be able to see this is what the Lord had for me. And then 
I, I had a passion and a call for what God was leading me to. And I think that's the other piece to it is like, what do you want to do? And, and so to step away, to get some time to go, am I supposed to stay a pastor anymore? But also pray about, by the way, this is how I counsel, counsel guys coming to me. What are you passionate about, man? Like, what, mm. How's the Lord's gift to you? Like, you're 45 years old. If you don't know what your strengths are for ministry, mm. you're never going to know what they are. Like, <laughs> You've been in ministry 20, like, and most of those guys do know what they're good at sure, and, and what they're not good at, by the way. What are you good at, man? Well, let's think about what you could do to serve the Lord to really engage those strengths. And, mm. you know, it might be a, go be a lay elder at a church and be and still have those pastoral, but you're not the lead guy and you're, you know, and you're, you're serving at the, the homeless shelter that needs somebody, to, good gospel leadership to mm. go to that place. So I, I'm enjoying getting to help guys think through these, these transitions. But that's what it was for me those two pieces grieve and, cl- and let there be true closure where you are. It's like what God called me here to do. I think I believe I have done, and and then then start dreaming and, and praying about what maybe God has for you that you can continue in ministry. Was there a and you maybe you've already answered this and what you just said, but I'm curious, Brian, were, were were there any offers that came from other churches or did you ever uh, look to think, okay, maybe not Auburndale, but maybe if I did this somewhere else? Because I've talked to guys who are burnout in pastoring. They talk to me about their churches. And I say, you know what? There are churches that aren't like this. Yeah. Right. There are churches that really are, that do have hungry sheep who just want to be fed, who want to be loved. Yeah, and they're not perfect, but there are places like that. And maybe that's what you need. Maybe it's, it's you, you need to change your environment, not, not what you're doing, if well, that makes sense. Well, you and I know a guy that's just made that transition. And so he's pushing 50, you know, served 15 years at a church. But it was a hard church for 15 years. And yeah. the church he just caught, called to and going to looks like a really good situation yeah, for him. Yeah, be see what happens. And so, I right. think it's a good move for him because yeah. of that. So I'm with you. I do think that's part of what what you have to Did you wrestle through that? That's my question. Is, did you wrestle through that, or did you actually ever pursue that? Yeah. Because... I did not, because I Because you I was, had a vision. You, but had, I, I you, just, had, you had a sense of calling with practical shepherd. I did, and that helped. Obviously, I had that, that I already knew that's really what I felt like I was supposed to do. But it's a good question, because I think a lot of guys need to pray about that. Like, you're three years into your church? No, that's not the time you need to be praying about going to the next church. But you're 15 years in, that, that's a totally different com- sure. conversation. So... Um, I didn't wrestle with that. The other reason too is, you know, I mean, I was, I was trained. My mentor hammered to me, go, go somewhere, plant yourself and die there. So I actually had to wrestle through part of my letting go of, of, of pastoring was, wait a minute, I'm supposed to stay here 30 years. What, what's going on? Right. I've only been here 17. Like I actually had to legitimately wrestle with, sure. am I bailing too soon on this? And so I think everybody has to to wrestle with that. It, but for me, I would, I never battled, should I go to another church and there's a variety of reasons i knew that's not what god was calling me to but i do believe there's a lot of guys who do and should wrestle with maybe that's what's causing the angst in this place of life that they have so we need to wrap this jim any final words for guys who who are listening to this who are maybe wrestling with this kind of thing if my wife were here i'll channel her pray 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 (laughs) and that is really do trust that Suffer God to guide thee, you know, uh, the, the king of love your shepherd is. And trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him. Uh, he'll guide and direct your paths. And he may well use uh, circumstances and providence and people and passions to do that. 
but uh, don't lean on your own understanding. Mm. Believe that if he's called you to stay where he is, he'll give you the strength to do it. Certainly. Strength for another week, and then yeah. strength for another week, and strength for another week, and, 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 and but he'll also trust that he'll make your path clear. You've certainly been living proof of that to me, uh, for me, in, in all the years you've done, and, and uh, how it's just really what it's been, especially with all you've been through, all the health stuff you went through through the years, yeah. and here you are, here you sit, you know, because uh, God's given you strength for last week, and He's yeah. giving you strength this week. Yeah, that's it. My my uh, my final word would be this: if that whether you stay in occupational ministry or not long term, use your life to serve the Lord, be useful to Him. Even if you go get another job and start a career at fifty, God will provide. That's what He's yeah. got for you. But pour into local church. Like take all that experience and gifting you have, and be a lay elder. Teach a Sunday school class, whatever it is. Like, but but don't. You know, don't think you don't can't serve the Lord because you're not being paid to do that anymore. So, the goal is to be useful for the Lord and to use what He's given you well until the day you die. And so, Jim, will you take a minute and pray for pastors in that in yeah. that specific way? Our Father in heaven, we do thank you that we can call upon you. Scripture says, for whatever reason, we can call upon you. And your son told us that you, that you know the things we need before we even ask. And so you know the situation, you know the heart, you know the needs of every, every man crying out to you and asking for help in, in regard to these things. And Lord, pray that you'd come near them, guide them by the Spirit, by the Word, by friends, by counselors, by family. Lord, but let them know that they have, that they would not feel abandoned at this crucial point uh, in their lives. Refresh them, we pray, and guide. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.